podcast that's enhanced with 12 essential vitamins and minerals and has a great fruity flavor that kids love i'm one of your hosts i'm marty schneider i'm the other host dan ludwig <laughs> I, did, I expected more from that one uh, and, <laughs> I'm just, uh no we're t- just blowing past it and with us today is actor and clown extraordinaire sierra gardner hanging out with us sierra <laughs> hi sierra would you like to introduce yourself to our listeners Yes, hi there, everybody. I'm Sierra Gardner, actor extraordinaire and clown. Um, yeah, very happy to be here on this podcast. Yeah, super excited. Thank you for bringing Marty, me. Marty, you got the placement of extraordinaire wrong. It's actor extraordinaire, not clown extraordinaire. I the actor I is the primary. Sierra, I think Sierra is both. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. It's like one of those like those like like PEMDAS things where you know you have to have it in the parentheses and then you like factor it in. Uh, yeah, the math yeah. I, I, right I, need, okay. I need to know the order of operations. Yes, I think, there we go. I think, yes. I, I think when you introduce yourself, you have to give your name, your pronouns, and then like the order in which we need to like put all of your titles. Yes. Like, so and that's just for everybody. The qualification of extraordinaire. Yeah. Yeah. Es- we might sneak an Esquire in there as well, mm-hmm. right? Ooh, actor I like extraordinaire, that. clown, esquire. Ooh, uh, I like that. That's my new thing. I'm gonna put that on my business cards now. So, that. <laughs> or that could so be weird. your clowning theme. Ooh, yes. yeah, an like, esquire, like a clown, like a clown lawyer. Yes, like, like a clown movie? lawyer. That's what I'm pitching. Uh-huh. Somewhere in the distance, my dad is yelling, "All lawyers are clowns!" <laughs> and then, yeah, that's actually but, a great idea. I will do that. I'm pitching it. <laughs> I get I get ten percent of whatever you earn as clown lawyer. You like pull the hula hoop out of a briefcase or something mm-hmm. and assemble that, or or open, I guess poi sticks. Maybe you open up the brief, briefcase and you got the flaming like poi sticks. That would be cool. I yeah, would see that. Cool. Mm-hmm. I'd see that. <laughs> so we, we 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 had to bring it. We had to bring in uh, Sierra because we're doing a theater episode today, an episode of revolving around a play, uh, and. Boy, Dan, uh, remember how we were worried about uh, season five getting stale and boring and not making us angry anymore? Nope. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. They always come through in the clutch. Just when you think <laughs> it's getting repetitive, they get they find a new way to get weird. This is the angriest I've been at this show. Not ever, but in a while. In like, a hot I minute. Forgot, I forgot how good it was to be angry at this show. Before we do that, I want to tell a story. I want to tell a story because there's someone out in the world I need to apologize to. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't normally do toilet humor on this show. We don't normally you know, get into that realm. But uh, something happened a few weeks ago that I need to talk about. Okay, you've been sitting uh, on this for a while. I've been sitting on you were uh, A couple weeks ago, Dan and I went to Asbury Park, New Jersey mm-hmm. uh, for my bachelor party, uh, which happened six weeks after I got married because nothing makes sense. Uh, we're we're not very together as human beings uh and we were on asbury park and if you've never been there asbury park has something very nice for a beach town uh along the beach there are public restrooms there's open all the time dan is dan knows what the story i'm telling now uh Uh they are basically Uh built out of shipping (laughs) containers they're basically built out of shipping containers, but they're clean. They're nice, you know, as far as, as much of the beachfront like public bathroom can you be. You don't have to tell the people 
about this, just to be very clear. You can tell me about this. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> okay, go. We're, go. We're, we're wandering. We're wandering along the boardwalk, and I have to pee. So I walk into this like shipping container bathroom. Uh, there is a urinal, and there is a stall. Uh, I go to the urinal. I am doing my business. I another man comes in and he stands at the stall and he begins to pee. I finish. I step away. It's an automatic flushing thing. So I walk over to the sink. I am washing my hands. And then I hear a thoom. And I look over and I say something that you never want to hear in a public restroom, which is, oh, dear God. <laughs> oh, God. Because the urinal has now turned into a fountain. It has backed up. I don't know how a urinal backs up, but it starts shooting out like like the fountains outside of the Bellagio. Like and I watch the water begin to I'm I'm in I'm out of the splash zone. I'm in a safe distance, but I watch it begin to pool up and flow under the stall. And the other man who walked in turns his head over his shoulder and we make eye contact. As I watch the water come to him, and I watch him just lift his ankle, like, lift his toes up, just pitifully. And I tell him, I'm sorry. And he's in midstream, and he says, I can't stop. And I said another helpful thing, which was, you better hurry. And then I left, and Dan, would you like to describe how I came, how I evacuated that bathroom? We were just standing outside while he did this, and Marty, like, speed walks out of the bathroom, just going like, walk, walk, we gotta go, come on, come on, come on, we gotta go, we have to go, we have to go, and just is, like, taking off. And to our credit, as a group of friends, we all just immediately went. Like, nobody was like, what's going on? We were all like, yep, okay, something, Marty did something terrible in the bathroom, and we have to move quickly. Come on. He was in he was in flip-flops, guys. Yes. He was wearing flip-flops. Oh, yes, that's he did gross. So, so... It's the eye contact for me. Yeah. Yeah. That's to what... That gentleman... it's, it makes it feel like in a movie, in one of those natural, dis- like, disaster movies, when you see somebody and don't save them. Like, <laughs> Phil Collins is going to write a song about me, because I screwed this up so badly. I hope it's the best song ever. I mean, they can make a theme song to every time you go to a to a urinal now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you could have turned into a bidet, though. That was my first thought. If it starts shooting out, you know, you turned just turn... itself into a bidet. <laughs> it did. You turn around now. You pull your pants down, and then you just spread the cheeks, and then there you go. Free bidet. You know? Yeah. Free bidet. Yeah. <laughs> you got at a public bathroom. Normally, you have to pay extra for that. Or really, yeah. No, that that's the sign they slap on it is uh urinal temporarily bidet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so uh to that other guy, if you're listening, uh I'm sorry. Uh and I'll buy you a new pair of flip-flops, I guess. It's a billion to one chance, but what if he was? What if he was like a regular breaking Mayberry listener and he heard this and he was like, That was fucking Marty? Yeah. Like like learning that Roman Mars cut you off in traffic, you know? Like <laughs> it's gonna like what i hope happens is a bunch of people like eight people just text me like hey yeah that was me send money for flip-flops like you just get like conned by people we're about to get bombarded with one star reviews that all say this guy made toilet water fall on me once (laughs) 
uh, all right i think flops I, I'm, I'm glad I got that off, off my chest. I really wanted to tell that story. Let's go on to today's episode. Well, Let's... first we got the we got the question. Got oh, the yeah, 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 experience. yeah, Before, yeah. Sierra, prior to us making you watch this, did you have any any experience with the Andy Griffith show? Uh, yes, but yeah, before before you forced upon this episode. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, no, um, so yeah, I, I don't have much... Uh, experience watching Andy Griffith. I grew up knowing about it. You know, it was on TV land. Uh, I would scroll past it. I never really watched it. But um, yeah, I guess the first thing I noticed was like, yeah, it's just this, these cops are uh, just a show about these two cops that are supposed to be fun loving. Let's, let's see what we get into here. So yeah, I, I don't know much about it and, until, it- until this episode. It's like one of those shows that's in everybody's peripheral vision. Like everybody we talked to was like, yeah, I was aware of the Andy Griffith show all the time. It was what was always immediately before or after I was watching on Nick at Night or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, I knew it existed. I knew like, okay, MASH existed, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, Andy Griffith. Uh, I love I watch I love Lucy so I feel like it was around like before it came on before or after I love Lucy would come on yeah so yeah that's as much as I knew about it yeah Never watched that, it. that's a funny thing we discover is like those three shows you just listed I love Lucy the Andy Griffith show and mash those are 10 years apart each oh, of those shows well- <laughs> aired a decade apart but like after a certain point it's all just the past it's all just old and that's that's one of the things that i notice about this as we've as we've done this so many times uh and it's not it's not just that young people who weren't around for it do that the people who were there they all just all kind of homogenize it as well at the same time it's all just the same blur of time for them have you had any like old tv like this era tv or uh, you know that kind of thing that was like that was your thing um like growing up i mean like if i were to watch like tv land and stuff like i mean i watched like you know like the jeffersons was was a you know so i was mm-hmm. into like that but like what do you mean like as far as like yeah, things but, that but, i enjoyed yeah, yeah like like, yeah. like uh, anything that like is like formative to you i would say like oh okay like like the stuff wow. you watch like late night like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. okay so oh wow Brady Bunch, Brady Bunch was really Brady big for me. Bunch. Yeah, that was that was weirdly formative as a kid. Um, and then, I, then like of course, like Nickelodeon was huge. Uh, yeah. All that, every you know, I definitely watched Keenan and Kel. All that that was those were everything to me. Um, yeah, a lot of like Disney stuff, but like Brady Bunch for sure because I think it was because my mom is older and she grew up in like the sixties and seventies. And um, and she watched a lot of Brady Bunch. So I just thought it was like really hilarious that, that there was like so many kids running around that goddamn house. And um, yeah, it's just that that Marsha Marsha scene with like throwing the football and then like, shattering that. Like there was just yeah, I I'm a fan of there's, the Brady Bunch. I don't get talked about it enough. There's it's, so many children in this house. <laughs> as, a, as a clown extraordinaire, I, I feel like I can put them all in a Volkswagen and pull them yes. all out one at a time. They're so silly. I loved the um. I loved the uh the nanny though. God, what was her name? The nanny. Oh, Ruth. Alice. 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 Ass. Oh, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I thought we were talking about the nanny, like the show, the nanny. Oh, yeah. No. I, okay, no. we're 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 still on we're still on Alice the Living. Yeah. Uh, I, Alice kind of ruled because she was on sort of a different show where they were all like 
super wholesome and stuff, and Alice would just come in and make a joke about fucking a butcher. Like, she was just, like, kind of on a different wavelength. Alice was, in many ways, the 70s answer to Aunt B. Yeah. Right? Like, Yo, okay. We can, okay. let's, yeah, the segue into this, Segway. for sure. Yeah. Uh, pew, pew. <laughs> pew, pew. I told you, I'm, I told you on podcast day, we were talking about, uh... Season 5, episode 11, The Pageant, airs November 30th, 1964, written by Harvey Bullock, oh, Bullock and uh, directed by Gene Nelson. Here is the one-sentence summary from Wikipedia. Aunt B gets the lead in the Mayberry Centennial Pageant, but she proves to be a terrible actress. <laughs> I, I take umbrage. Disrespectful. I yeah. take umbrage with this. Disrespect the disrespect the disrespect all throughout this episode for Ampy. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. all right, Sierra, let's just start here. Did you like this? Like, how overall? What are your feelings on this episode that we we made you watch? Well, I have like okay, a jumbled feelings, but like about the actual play itself that they made, you know, like oh, the yeah. um the, yeah, the in-universe like, play. We'll get into that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But, I mean, like, my heart is with Aunt B through this whole episode. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. Like, she, she. I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about it, but, like, she is the theater in her heart through and through. I feel like this was her time to shine and and perform. And, you know, she was underestimated. So, I'm just saying, like, we all, we all have an Aunt B out there. And yeah. we, all, we all gotta support them. Yeah, she, like, her whole, the the overall episode I did not care for, but the part of episode that's, like, her emotional journey, w- loved it. I just didn't mm-hmm. like all the stuff that was happening around her and to her. But, like, yeah. the, the the big ending was like, oh, this is genuinely quite beautiful. The the things she's, like, deciding and doing. As... As we've been doing this for several years now, I've found that the angriest I get on this show, like I'm numb to everything. I, like the, the 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 cop shit, the copaganda, I'm I'm basically numb to. I'm like, eh, what? I'm I'm numb to at this point, you know. Uh, the the in universe play in here is ridiculously like racist, even by by 1960 standards. But I get the I get the angriest when Andy just won't let his aunt have something. Just Yo. let her be happy. Oh okay. my god, I feel uh, that exact. I'm not not trying to cut you off. I'm so sorry. I got no, no, no. Do you it, have do it, do to cut us off. You cut him off whenever you feel like it, and he just has to take it. Shall we start at the beginning? We open up with Andy and Opie putting up uh, a like an announcement on the board, mm-hmm. um, where saying that it's Mayberry's centennial celebration, their hundred mm-hmm. year celebration, which. Somebody in the Mayberry wiki pointed out that that means that Mayberry would have been founded during the Civil War. So, timeline on this does not make sense. Doesn't work at all. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, especially with the contents of the play. Definitely implies something happening in the 1700s. Yeah, yeah. It it should have been like a tricentennial or something like that. Mm -hmm. Ignore this. Ignore, like... Don't 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 think about it too much, but yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a little bit. I like this bit a bit where uh, where Barney tries to explain Latin to uh, to Opie, but he doesn't really understand it himself. They talk about the root word "senti." Uh, they talk about how Latin people the how in in Latin they don't have the word one hundred. 
and then there's a bit where uh, Barney and Opie try to outdo each other on tongue twisters. Um, yeah. I like, you know what? I like this scene. It's fine. It was fine. overall very cute. Like, yeah. just fine. A, an adult man and a child doing tongue twisters at each other as the adult takes it way too seriously. It's nice. Which, I mean, for as this as my first introduction into this show, it was very fun to see, like, a cop be very silly and, and just be very dumb. It was just very dumb cop, you know, being emasculated by this child. Yes. <laughs> um, um, because these tongue twisters can be very hard. I also did feel for him, though. When we got into it, I was like, hey, I've also been there, dude. You know, it is hard to do these damn tongue twisters when you got to get them right. And... Yeah, they, so I understood the the difficulty of getting there as someone who had difficulty in speech. And then so, you so empathize the, 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 with the feeling of getting absolutely wrecked by a child. By a child, yes. absolutely, yes. Because there are other people in class who like to just easily do it and like can say <laughs> rubber baby buggy bumper. And I'm like, fuck, <laughs> do it. So, so the, the whole reason why they're, why they're doing tongue twisters is because Barney's bragging about his speech training because they're talking about a play that is going to happen as part of the Centennial Festival. They're going to have a play pageant uh, and Barney's talking as normal, bragging about his uh, his abilities as a thespian. Uh, and, and he talks about how his speech training has given him you know, the ability to do seashells, seashells by the seashore and, you know. Yeah. and bragging seems to be like a big theme in here as it is with acting mm-hmm. you know as <laughs> because acting is about bragging first no i'm joking but <laughs> i mean I do see- <laughs> yeah it, 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 it is a profession where your ultimate goal is to make people pay for the honor of looking at you so <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> it is uh C- sierra what are you what is your favorite like backstage vocal warm-up are you a are you a unique New York kind of person or? Uh... Um. Yeah, I, I can do a little. Yeah, unique New York. Uh, red leather, yellow leather is a good That's one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, gutta butta gutta butta gutta butta or gutta butta dubba gutta dubba gutta. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that's can, hard. Can you can yeah. you run that by me one more yeah. time? So it's gutta butta gutta butta gutta butta gutta butta gutta butta dubba gutta gutta butta dubba gutta. Yeah, that one will. Oh, mess you up. <laughs> now do it three or four more times for me. You're starting. Sound like a lawnmower. Isolated sound clip and post it too. It's a jumbled mess, but um. All right, so so I like Dan's note here. He says Aunt B enters and talks about cooking because that's all she ever gets to do. Oh my god, <laughs> she used to be a much more like fully formed character with like hopes and dreams. This is the most and she's motive. been a person in seasons, where like increasingly she's just been like a fried chicken delivery system. Like she's been like Rosie from the Jetsons. Like she enters, gives food, and then leaves. And this is like the first time in forever where she's like had any sort of internal life. Mm. Yeah. And oh, and and, and, it, and it gets mentioned, right, the idea of trying out for the play. And in the next scene, uh I li- I also like this scene. This scene where they're at Andy's home, uh, and they're at the Taylor household and Aunt B is uh baking brownies and she's talking herself into maybe I should try out for the play. Mm-hmm. Uh because but she's worried because her like frenemy, Clara Gardner, that bitch, uh, she uh, like she's definitely gonna gonna get the role because she always does, right? Yeah, she uh, always does. Yep, and 
as you see, Cla- it happened. I, I also, also, her name is Clara Edwards. Your name okay. is Sierra Gardner. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> I knew her name was Clara, and but I, I was like, okay, I won't and slide. I, it's okay. Let me, let, me, let me try that <laughs> again. Slide. Let me try that again. Okay. I was looking at I was looking at your name on the screen, mm-hmm. and Clara and Sierra look very much yeah, alike. Yeah. So. So that's, gonna be, so that's going to be, so that's going to be a, uh, so that's going to be Patreon bonus material. I'll try that again. <laughs> Leave uh, it in. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, and Aunt B's like worried because her frenemy, Clara Edwards is probably already going to get the, the role, that bitch. Uh, <laughs> and like, that's Clara's whole deal on this show is she's just good at everything Aunt B is bad is bad at. That's kind of like her whole role is to be a foil for Aunt B. Uh, but okay. she's talking. To, she's she, talking. She to her achieves herself. everything Aunt B wants out of life. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, I like I like this scene too because like we haven't gotten a whole lot of Aunt B and Opie interacting in a while, which is weird because she's supposed to be raising him. Uh, and and there's this bit where she's talking to herself and saying, like talking about like a church play she was in as a child and the Reverend really liked it. She even goes back. This is so sad. She goes into her scrapbook and she finds herself like the church announcement from 1926 mm-hmm. that has her in the, uh, in there. And the whole time Opie is just sitting there going, yeah. So uh, about them brownies. <laughs> Like they we, just made them and just put them in. He's like so excited about this. Just, parties. just the absent-minded cruelty that a child is capable of, of mm-hmm. just by not even paying attention, just stomp on your on your soul. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that you were great as a kid, or your your hopes or dreams are fantastic. Yeah. So, so what's the what's the deal with powdered sugar around yeah. here? Are we pro <laughs> anti powdered sugar? What's up? Like meanwhile, like everything has stopped for Aunt B. The spotlight yeah. has shone upon her. She has seen her calling. Her eyes brighten and her heart <laughs> fills. And meanwhile, this little kid's like, "I'm gonna get some fucking brownies." Like, <laughs> like, hey, what, what have you done where, for Opie lately, though? Yeah. <laughs> what about what about sprinkles? Where yeah. we, where do we land on sprinkles? Can you can you have I, this moment of internal awakening? post brownies rather than pre <laughs> like this whole thing is cool uh i so far it's so good though so far i'm on board i like this bit i i like the the opie and aunt b scene i think it's sweet and funny um so far yeah okay so, so we're gonna and get then to we th- do a cut to the theater okay so there's a lot to dissect in this one scene i think this is the the most of it because um they are rehearsing for a play and the play is about how mayberry was founded which involves uh the founders dealing with indigenous peoples um rendered don knotts wears a headdress i'm just gonna cut you off man don knotts wears a headdress let's not let's not let's not bounce around i I would not say the most sensitive portrayal uh, Don Don Knotts looks like failures. the former logo of the Washington football team. Like, there's mm. no, there's no walking around this man. Like, <laughs> oh no, it's it's rough. And, and, and I I grabbed a couple of choice lines of um, he looks so warlike in his paint and feathers. Mm, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, 
yeah, at, yeah. At, at one point, this not this scene, but I'm going to jump ahead. At one point, they demand an on-the-fly rewrite because Barney thinks that a line that he's delivering is not Indianish enough. Oof. He thinks that the line he's saying. So he, he plays. He plays the war chief Namatuk or something along those lines. Nagatuk. Nagatuk. Nagatuk or something like that. Uh, Nagatuk speaks too much like a person, <laughs> and not enough like a like a, a Disney character. Uh, it also it. says like the real shit though. I think. I mean, like part of it is like also. I think they're like they're playing up the like the 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 bad theater goers or the, not bad theater goers, the bad theater makers who like make um you know sensitive uh shows I guess but like it's I don't know I feel like they they knew exactly like what they were doing in this show so I kind of like appreciated I guess the the satire of that rewrite even though it was they they could have did more or they could have just not did it at all mm. um, so so yeah. let let let's I don't mind us skipping around the scenes here. Let's talk about the play within the show, the play within a play here, mm-hmm. because it's very weird. So this is, this is a revisionist history of the founding of Mayberry, but even in this revisionist history, they make it a point to say, yeah, the white people came over here and broke every single treaty. Like not Don Knotts as Namatuk has a line where he, where he says, Look, you said you weren't going to go past that tree, and there you are building settlement past the tree. What's up, man? Uh, and he, and that's the line they ask him to re to rewrite uh, because he says something like, uh, "Pale." pale he refers to as pale face. Pale yeah. faces are dishonest. I have no problem with that. Uh, uh-huh. Pale faces are dishonest, or and pale then face, they do. Pale a, face never keeps his word. Yeah, pale face never keeps his word. That was it. Uh, and then they pause and like, can we can we Indian that up a little bit? Can we make that more? And what do they come up with? Like, pale face speaks with a forked tongue. With yeah. a forked tongue, They're like, oh, which yes. admittedly is a better line. Like, to be fair, is it? I mean, like, it's a white guy writing it. I think, like, <laughs> and with a room full of all white people doing this this play for white people, like. And like they're wearing a headdress, and they're like, you know what? I don't think like this character would actually feel this. Like, what do you know? <laughs> you know, like it's, it's, he, it's he so said, cr- it doesn't feel like like Nana took. Um, yeah, I that I'm gonna I'm gonna pronounce the name. I I can't remember. I should have written down what you it know what man. Is. It's 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 a gibberish name. Yeah. I highly doubt there's an actual native name. It's gonna that you're be so mutated here, so. by the end of this episode. I guess um, yeah. Um, yeah, but. Yeah. It, like it definitely like kind of has the thing of like he's talking like a person at first and then they're like can we like make this like some more writerly bullshit yeah yeah um but also like he's like it doesn't feel like nanatuk and and we should take a moment to highlight how dog shit he is playing this fucking character where he is you know just being himself but worse on stage and and doing nothing with the character whatsoever. I mean, anything he could do with this character would probably be horrible. Like awful. Yes, really. The more acting he does, the worse this would be. <laughs> yeah. Just numb awkwardness is really our best case scenario. Mm-hmm. Here, yeah. here, here are my three favorite parts of this play. Number one is that uh the monologue that Aunt B gives 
which is it says on the one hand the set the followers of John Merriweather are coming in all the time on the other hand the the oh he she calls them the noble red men the noble red men uh, who have been on this on this land yeah. for generations these are two equal parties. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> These two are exactly the same and have the exact amount of claim to this land. No. Who, who will win? <laughs> Which I think they, they have an argument between uh, Nanatook and the settler leader that Andy is playing. And uh, Nanatook is like, hey, you're building houses on my land. And also other white people are coming with guns and shooting at us and we're not a fan of that and the settlers argument is like i thought we were friends man like yeah, yeah i thought we were i've been nothing but nice to you okay <laughs> we so, smoked this peace pipe for so long okay yeah. like, they are and now you're bringing pipe. land and being shot into it like i i, I sorry i thought we had more of a relationship than that but that, that's my number two favorite part of this play, uh, within a play, which is that, like, if you're gonna do revisionist history, do revisionist history. Because even in the bullshit version of this story you're telling, you are still the bad guys, very clearly. Like, yeah. like in, in this bullshit version of, of the history that you're telling, you still straight up broke your word and then decided not to break your word anymore. Right. Like, like even if Andy Griffith show, even if the Andy Griffith show wanted to make a satire on people creating plays, doing revisionist history and making that a satire of like how badly like people during that time were, were, were representing people in, in like native, native American culture, like, and, and like colonization, if they were doing a satire about that, like part of that i can see it but it was not it it, it was not unfolded that way like it, do it you, either they could have leaned more into it you know what i mean yeah like if they had heightened th- it you think they were this was intentional do you do you, do you yeah. think that that was intentional uh and, um, and dan and dan we, we have the background on this bullock do we think bullock would do this bullock might i don't know if i don't know if some of the other writers would would do it but but bullock might be trying to pull that off Sierra, Sierra did that. I, that thought didn't even cross my mind because, quite frankly, it's 1965. The idea of irony has not even entered the lexicon. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, they, I don't think they. I think they still did it. A you know a white person way from the 1960s. I feel like it was very. Part of me was like, oh, I think they were trying to like step their foot into the water of like bringing some kind of acknowledgement to. Um, to people erasing history, you know, like it with the, with, with the, or, or, or with the, um, yeah, erasing history and like rewriting how things should have sound coming from a mouth that isn't yours, you know, like, so I, I think that forked tongue line was kind of like, oh, I guess, but like the blatant, because they were covering up from the actual uh, blatant line, which was, you know, pale face doesn't keep his word, which sounds really true to the, like, you know, the history and like that story that they were trying to tell. Uh-huh. It's kind of the thing that, that you run into with stuff from back then of like, was this pointed satire or were they just this dumb? Like it, it's the, cause oh. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the thing is like, yeah, I, I think of like, um, if I, I, I could see the most realistic thing would be like a writer snuck this in and was like, I'm going to put some commentary in here. And you know, it's the sixties. So 
everybody's drunk, so I won't really get a lot of resistance on it. Um, or it could just be that they thought this was fine, and I always struggle to figure out, like, which is it? Oh, Were they in on the joke or not? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Dan, I, 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 we get to bring this one back. <clears throat> Satire requires a point of purpose, lest it be mistaken for that which it's making fun of, Bullock. I'm right, Batman. Yeah, oh. Bullock's the cop in, Bat- in, in Batman. So we criticize him as Batman sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not as good of a bit to do with a guest on. I know. I know. I wasn't I wasn't I I wasn't gonna do it with the guest on, but it like it it required it was so it was right there. I had to. Yeah. Demanded it. Uh all right. Um Uh, but but all that feeds into my number three favorite thing about this play within the episode, which is the closing monologue in which the spirit of Lady Mayberry, the role that Aunt B is trying to play, uh, says, I decree this land to both the natives and the followers of James Merriweather, and it will be called Mayberry, and they will have it together, which is why there are so many natives here, <laughs> just right, off screen, yeah. being totally cool with the whole thing. Today, they're right okay. there. <laughs> and, that, and that's how they culminate. It's just like, it belongs to both of you. No, <laughs> I I would really like to see the entire script for this. I would like to figure out how you reach that resolution. Um, yeah, that part I was like, I don't know if that was like if they were trying to. It, I was hoping that they were trying to make fun of of it, but no, that was that was too too much of a, that was too obviously not too on the nose there, too on the nose there. So I was like, oh, I don't know. Well, there there was an epilogue where. Um, uh, the entire Native American population gets a new job in Chicago and has to move away. Uh, <laughs> the, which they they added in in post. They they suddenly all had to move. All, Everybody yeah, at, at the every, same time. Had to every, every Native in in, in, uh, in North Carolina all got oh. jobs uh, yeah. in Chicago. Just like, we've and had they called s- it forced migration. Yeah, forced <laughs> migration. Yeah, that's um, yeah, that's what they had to do. Like yeah, yeah. Uh, like oh yeah, been... Mayberry Settlers. We've had a great time together, a lot of laughs. But you know, we're gonna do a quick forced migration. Just it just seems <laughs> like the right time. We've been talking it's, it's... about doing a forced migration forever, and you know, it's, it's it's not a forced migration. They just all work at Deloitte now. They're just. <laughs> There's a whole slew. There's a whole floor of jobs opened up at Deloitte, and they just all ran right in. They're doing consulting now. They're doing fine, and that's why they're not in Mayberry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, <laughs> Vietnam. Yeah. <laughs> also, Vietnam is happening right they're now. Also, they're also there. Mm-hmm. Uh, back to the bit. Uh, Aunt B walks up. Oh, there is one line here, and I, I. I feel bad that I chuckled at it, but it was a rough chuckle where uh, where Andy asks, says Barney, "Hey Barney, I uh, I know how you can improve your your performance." And Andy says, "Barney says how?" Andy says, "There you go, there you go. yeah, there you go." Ah, I, 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 I I'm not a good to him. I, I I chuck I laughed yeah. at it. I'm 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 human. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. So and uh, but it, but Ampy walks up. Ampy goes to Mr. Masters. We've seen Masters before. He's always the theater guy or the like music instructor or something. We've seen this asshole several times before. He's perpetually uh, miserable. He he is always being put upon by someone's shenanigans. Yes. Um wait, but I do want to say um that 
uh, it's something very, very tender about seeing these full grown adults just be very like, kind of like kid like, you know, on stage, which is really fun to see. But um, even though even though it's a really bad show, like they're doing they, like really just dumb shit. Yeah, they are putting on basically a school play. It is. Like, that's this, what it, it gives this, school play. Yeah. This this is less community theater and more like uh. More like more like elementary school holiday pageant kind of deal, mm-hmm. you know, like little kids forgetting their lines and such. Uh, Amp- even, goes to meh. even those the supposedly good actors are very much like doing children's performances. Like you expect to see a dad with a camcorder just out of frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Aunt B goes to Mr. Masters and says, I'd like to talk to you about the part of Lady Mayberry. And uh, and Mr. Masters does a little, like, bit about, uh, yes, it's such an important role and so wonderful. Whoever does this has to be so graceful. And the costume that you make is going to be so great because that's all you do is cooking and sewing. Right. Stay there. Stay uh-huh. in. Uh, just yeah. break your heart. Just what, what, what a great, you know, self-aware uh, director to have. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, all right, now here's where your experience like comes in. How would you rate Master's performance as a director? Think- like you're giving you're giving him a one out of ten. Where where would you say this guy's at? Oh my god, he was so bad. He was awful. <laughs> like I I don't even know like what number I can rate him. Like, but just the fact that he is. I, okay, I think on Beast, she says this later on. She's like, I don't think that Masters is his name. Masters yeah. knows this character, uh, Mrs. Mayberry or something like that. And I was like, yeah. you know what? That's a really good observation. I think in this, my, my view of this director is that he's so like swarmed up in his, his reputation, mm-hmm. right? He mentions that later too. He's like, oh my God, I could see it right now. My reputation is crumbling before my eyes. And so he's one of those like living vicariously through like the actors um, and just like trying to have his name up. So I was like, no, I think like he's, <laughs> he's a shitty director <laughs> who does who is only caring about like the look of it and like, and like names. So like, I does I, I feel like a director has more responsibility for like the emotional state of the people involved in the play. Like absolutely, he's fucking cutthroat. Like he, he he's after like one night he's like dump her, get rid of her, she fucking sucks. And mm-hmm. he to jump ahead, he cuts Barney from his part mercilessly, like without mm-hmm. even giving him a heads up. Like and tell him nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like we're, we're to jump into this when Aunt B does wind up taking the role, uh, because Clara Edwards has to bow out because her sister is sick. Uh, like she has a very bad first day at at practice, uh, and then we are told we have to just take the man's word for it because they don't show us. We are told that Masters worked with uh, Aunt B for three whole three, three whole hours last night, and she didn't get any better. So obviously that's it, right? Three whole hours and she didn't become a great actress in that period of time. And he said that so painfully. He's like, oh God, I had to do my job with her. It's such a lazy throwaway line too, right? Because it's like, that's the only indication we have that uh, Masters did any work whatsoever to try. Like that's our only indication. 
But meanwhile, Miss B was like busting her ass. Like, and you saw her when she was in that room when they were all just like chatting in the living room, like, oh, what are we gonna do about Clara? Like, she's sick or something like that, right? And I'm let's, let's talk about that like, scene. Oh my god, I love that scene because she was just like, oh yes, and that's what I heard from this man who told me when I was in the princess or something like that. Yeah. yeah so, um, so, so in, so in this scene, uh, at the Taylor's home, Andy is walking in with Mister Masters. Uh, and they do announce that Clara had to drop out because she's uh, because her sister was sick. And Aunt B sees this as her opportunity. And Francis Bavier, who plays Aunt B, finally gets to fucking do something, as okay. Sierra pointed out. Uh, and she uh, fucking crushes. She kicks ass in this scene so much. There's, there's little bits there where Master says, "Where are we going to find someone who can uh, who can emote and be heard?" And Aunt B says, "Yes, that is what the Reverend told me in my school play. We must all be heard." <laughs> <laughs> they say they need someone with grace and finesse, and she just starts sashaying around, like putting a a napkin over her arm to do something. I'm not sure. I don't know what she's doing, but I love it. I love all of it. It's just a reminder that Francis Bavier is the best actor on the show and doesn't get to do dick. <laughs> so, um, but so, okay. So we're jumping ahead, um, a little bit later in the show. It is a step. So it is established that Ampy is supposedly a bad actor. Um, and the things she has trouble with are remembering her lines uh, following stage direction, she can't find the entry point onto the stage. Um, and she's like kind of wooden delivering her lines. And yeah, she doesn't know where stage left is. Like that's... Which... I, it feels like that's a pretty... That one seems I mean, super easy to resolve. Like, it feels like it's pretty easy to correct, right? Yeah. yeah a, tape. One or the other one. But... <laughs> If you're on the stage, I mean, like, yeah, it's it's your it's if you're on the stage, then it's your right. But if you're facing the stage, then it'll be left. But like, yeah, so it, it can be. <laughs> so sometimes so, we get tripped up on that. Yeah. So so Sierra, it uh, B steps into the role. She delivers her her terrible monologue about how both sides are equally at fault. Uh, terrible. How how bad is? Remember, this is a good actress playing a bad actress. How bad is it? Like from from a theater perspective, how unfixable is this? <laughs> That's the thing. That's the thing, though. It's she's not unfixable, and also like, why would you want to fix that? That was it. Was amazing. I was right with her every step of the way. Her intention, her gumption was there. I I was just happy to see she was like acting with her whole body. You know what I mean? You saw how she was flipping that scarf around her arm. She was using the props. She was taking the stage. She was moving her body around. And she was telling that story that she felt so connected to. Um, was it smooth? And, um, you know, no. No, it was not. But <laughs> I, I, I think that she could have totally worked with the director. She wasn't too far gone. Just, you know, sand the edges off a little bit. She, I think yeah. she needed some like technical guidance, basically some help with her lines, which they show her practicing like later independently. Like she's getting mm-hmm. them down. Like, like actors she, do. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so strange that she's the bad one when I, it, I find it hard to believe that she's that much worse than Andy or Barney are. 
right? That's the problem right. I have is like they are also not delivering their lines in a particularly, you know, uh, Tony winning manner. So yeah. I don't understand why Aunt B is the bad one. Yes, I do. She's a woman. Yeah. Um, yes, exactly. Uh, and and also like it's it's this it's the same thing that they've been doing to Aunt B for like two seasons now, where like in order to make her funny, they have to make her completely stupid. Like she she can't she she can't figure out a curtain. Here is this woman who is uh a master in a master in the kitchen and uh runs a household essentially but she's confused by a curtain that opens in the middle so, i hate it also, i hate it so much i hate it also bad writing no, yeah for sure wait why does she take care of of them you know unclear uh unclear, so... unclear right uh, uh, and, and, and andy's and... wife is Presumably dead, probably. Dead. Pres- yeah. Presumably dead. Yeah. They never She's mentioned never been wife. mentioned. She's never been mentioned. Aunt Opie okay. has never once said, uh, you know, hey, where's my mom? Uh the first the first the first episode of the series is Aunt B, who is Andy's aunt who raised Andy, coming to live with them to help take care of Opie, since Andy is a single father. And that is the the background. That's it. Like but my thing was, I was watching it. And I was like, okay, but you have, you were telling Aunt B that like, oh, I guess like, you know, we'll have to find somebody else to come and like help take care of us and like cook us food. But Andy's in the play too. Like you can be at home making food for your son, but you're like, oh, let me go do this play also. Like, hold on. <laughs> Wait, we need to have a woman in here to take care of the house. Yeah, so like, let, so let, he gets let, to fuck off and do a play, but she has to stand around and do all this shit. <laughs> So let's get into that. Let's explain uh, a, a good old-fashioned Andy Griffith emotional manipulation. It's not a con. Yeah. It's not an Andy Griffith con. No, it's an Andy Griffith just emotional manipulation of a woman who is very dear to me. Mm. Uh, because now that he's realized, oh, uh, we have to get Aunt B out of the play. How can I do this? How can I work this angle? Yeah. Uh, rather than just go ahead and talk to her, uh, by the way, we we do find out that Clara Edwards is back in town and she can take the role. So it's up to Andy to uh, convince uh, Aunt B to step down. And since Aunt, and since Andy's like incapable of having a conversation with anyone, his plan here, his shitty, shitty plan at this point, and I'm screaming at the TV, don't you fucking do it. Don't you fucking do it, Andy. Let her have this. Let her be happy. She raised you, you ungrateful son of a bitch. (laughs) Uh, At this point, Andy's plan is to bring in Clara. And they pull the, like, the guilt uh, uh, be a little bit like, oh, well, if you're going to go to play practice, I guess we'll be eating in the diner for the next couple weeks. They've done this many times. They've shown Andy to be just incapable of cooking a fucking egg. Mm-hmm. Or whatever that like learned helplessness that was popular in the sixties. So rather than Andy do anything, uh, she brings in Clara Edwards. It's like, hey, here's here's Clara, this woman that you feel in, inferior to. Well, mm-hmm. now she's taking care of your family, and she's going to take your role for the next couple weeks. With the strong implication that? that she's going to do it better than you ever could. So. <sighs> Just, and also, just going also, from it, one inferiority complex to another. 
Mm-hmm. And also, I'm I'm just gonna say this. Anybody else get the feeling that Clara was trying to fuck Andy? Uh, ooh. Like, like what? What does Clara get out of this deal? That she did seems not come very, across, but she seems very that line. excited. I mean, that was it, she seemed very excited to me. She was uh, there, like, oh, I can't wait. I'll be taking care of you boys for the next two weeks. It's gonna be so great. And I don't know. She was giving him some glances. Uh, that's the only thing. Because again, the only th- apple pile. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. What she, does she, she get out of the deal? She has a family of her own. What the fuck? I don't like, know. I why? mean, she was written just to just to only have the the impulse and the life's purpose, just to make apple pie and cook for these kids. That was uh, also she just also, you know, came out the womb like that with an apron. Also, you're yet, yet another you reminder. Do you think she was going for it? <laughs> yes or no? no? I don't. I don't. I really don't. That was just, okay. just me. That was just me. Just, 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 just me. Listen, I wish also, I saw just, that too. I truly wish I saw that Clara was trying to fuck Andy. I, I, I wish I I wish I saw that because I want to live in that world. <laughs> also, this episode again forgets that Andy has a girlfriend. Oh yeah. <laughs> Andy Andy has a girlfriend. She's she's showing coming over and cooked dinner many a time, but the episode forgets that again. She just like she's phases gone. in and out of existence. <laughs> Uh, so, oh, I, I yeah, I, you you have a note here, Dan. Your note says Andy gets a bad fucking idea. Yeah. So. Uh, so yeah, they they do this emotional abuse of a sad, broken human being. Uh, Clara does get a moment to do the speech. She's like, oh yes, you're practicing that speech. I'll deliver the speech now. Um, Sierra. Yes. I'm going to drop something into chat. Ooh, okay. Oh God! Oh, I have Lady Mayberry's soliloquy. Oh, now God. I understand if 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 you don't want to do this because <laughs> because it's because it's a racist fucking speech. I would understand, but the uh, the worst thing we've ever done to a guest up there, definitely. <laughs> but would 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 you would you give us a a a reading of this? A rendition. Uh, and actually, if. And uh-huh. actually, if you if you need uh, if you need page breaks for some reason, when I copied and pasted it, it didn't give me like line breaks. No, uh, it's, it's okay. It's it's okay. all good. I'm, I'm just taking a look at this again. Ooh, Nuka took. Ooh, you know what? Actually, <laughs> I might actually I I might cut this if you don't want to say the part about the noble red man. I would understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Ooh. Yeah, you can just say the noble redacted. The noble redacted. Well, I mean, oh wow. All right, I'll, I'll uh, give this a shot. <laughs> okay, I'm so excited. Okay. So wait, you want me to? T- <laughs> okay. All right. All right. I'll just go. Eventide, the gentle rustling of the leaves, the birds seeking their nest. Oh my happy valley, England, you're so far away. But hark. Do I hear the distant drums of war? Will the noble redacted man, (laughs) I'm not saying that, Red rise in all his fury. There lies the course of history. On one hand, we have the followers of Jane Merriweather, James Merriweather, who came in ever increasing numbers. And on the other hand, we have Nugatuk, whose family have roamed these lands for generations. 
And now these people are going to fuck these other people up and they're going to take them out and kill them all. It's genocide. It's a fucked up play. Come watch the rest of it. Woo! <laughs> Thank you. When, when, when you were delivering that, I also kind of realized, is that how this monologue ends? <laughs> I, like, I, like, I get that you're setting the scene, but it feels like there should be like a line or two, uh, yeah. you know it's introducing these star-crossed lovers right uh-huh. like it should be it feels like like we should say it's like come and watch weird fucking monologue like it's, it's very bad. weird it's bad. i it's, didn't realize how weird it was until i heard sierra say it yeah no and it, it's also really weird even weirder to say it um because they're like equating you know it's like oh wow let's let's put this genocide in a nice pastoral setting you know, with like some really, you know, luscious, you know, shrubs in the background. And uh, yeah, let's just call it a day there. So one one thing that they that they do is a- Andy gets a speech while they are smoking peace pipe. Um, oh, damn it. Yeah. Where uh, Nagatuk says, white people are killing us with guns and we're not mm-hmm. enjoying it. We're genuinely not a fan. And... Andy's response on behalf of the Mayberry settlers is we didn't do shit. Um, and like, basically that's the other white people. We're the good white people. We're the white people that didn't do any genocide. And the people, the white people that didn't do any genocide, uh, are the ones that are staying here. Don't worry about the other ones. They're not part of this. Um, which is conveniently the founding story for every town in America. Uh, I was going to say, like, that sounds a very familiar yeah. phrase. Like, yeah, no, that's not us. It's not us. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's in the past. Yeah, that was done by the other ones. We're good. That, that's why it's okay for our basketball team name to be the Algonquins. Like, don't worry. We were cool. We were the good ones. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sierra, thank you for being a good sport about that. That is... Uh, that that was a terrible thing I did to you, and I'm sorry, but it was amazing audio. You would have been well within your rights to log off and tell us to fuck ourselves. <laughs> and no, burn no. us with Adam. <laughs> uh, oh, God. Yeah, so thank no, you it's, for that. It's not... Uh, no, it's a, yeah, thank you. It's a terrible monologue, and no one should ever do it ever again. No. But, uh, so, 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 Cl- so Clara does it, does a good version of this from memory just to kind of show off and know that she can uh, a version much worse than Sierra did just off the top of their head. Uh, oh, wow. And, uh, and then she walks off uh, Aunt B. She goes back to the kitchen. Aunt B leaves. And then Andy and Opie and he's getting Opie. He's teaching his son this shit. They just sit there and they watch like leeringly just like, did it work? Did it work? Did it work? Ah, fuck. It didn't work. We didn't break her spirit. Oh no. Little do they know that her yeah. spirit has been broken. She goes around the back. She goes to the kitchen. She says, Clara, you take the role. I want to stay here and take care of my boys. And Clara leaves, and then they have a big moment of hugging. She comes in and does all the stuff. Fucking blah, blah, blah. And uh, then Clara delivers the closing monologue in a way that says, uh, you know, hey. It's okay. It's all cool. We're all good now. We're gonna, mm-hmm. we're gonna we're gonna share this land. Just don't look around to see who else is here. <laughs> this is why we named your land after us, the <laughs> colonizers. 
<laughs> we have colonized in the best way. <laughs> I, with a play. <laughs> and and fi- fi- final joke of the episode is Barney is talking about how Aunt B just doesn't have any natural talent. And that's one of the things you either have or you don't. But you got to be cool about it. And then he gets cut because another man walks in uh, wearing his headdress. Oh. <laughs> and then uh, he almost physically assaults the his replacement because masters in a brilliant stroke of of management decided to not tell the person that he was fired until he was immediately watching his replacement take the stage Mm -hmm. especially after giving andy shit for not firing aunt b it was like like oh what just get it over with just do it man emotionally demolish your loved one who gives a shit and then mm-hmm. when it's his turn to fucking do that he's like oh by the way it just uh, like he just basically like, ghosts him basically like uh maybe he was trying to fuck clara that's on the table that maybe. Tra- that tracks more no <laughs> masters is gay Masters is gay. Masters is gay. They they def they definitely play him as like a uh, a scholarly like uh, uh, actor type. If you get what I'm saying, Masters is gay. Yeah, Masters is gay. Sierra, Sierra, can you can you give us any insight into like how a good director handles? Well, let's say personnel disputes. How how would how would a good director a good director wouldn't do this play to begin with? But let's how how could Masters improve? Let's give it Aww. let's give Masters a grade. I mean, if Masters like gave a shit about like you have to care about the, I mean, of course every director is different, right? But like what it takes to put on a good production is like to have a a good leader that cares about the people that are that are in the ensemble and like actually really. Uh, is connected to the play that is about that is going to be produced and the story and like the actual journey that it takes at these um these characters and not only just the characters go on but the actors that they go on as well so yeah of course like be there and like t- spend those three hours with fucking Aunt B and enjoy them and see how how much she really enjoys telling this story. I'm being like being very serious about this because I genuinely loved Aunt B and I think that she she had a really good handle on what she wanted out of this out of the show and what the show um well I mean like it's a bad show but like I feel like she was like just willing to be um you know molded into whatever view you know whatever the story needed um i don't know fuck masters though masters should not be a director he should not be uh with with other people in that setting i I think that's my my thought i think that character could have been literally anything like that could have been a tree and ampy would have performed would have connected with it emotionally and would have found an angle to be passionate about it because Aunt B is an actor. She is amazing. Damn right. So, so I, I do want to bring in sort of the meta narrative here, right? The mm-hmm. backs, the background, the behind the scenes stuff. Please remember, we are in season five of this show, uh, and as and what we know now is that Aunt, that Francis Bavier and Andy Griffith probably at this point they do not get along. In you know, in real life, behind the in scenes, real life? They, mm-hmm. yeah, they are not friends. Uh, and Francis Bavier, as we've, that that is what we know. They did not get along. They were not. They were not friends. Uh, Francis Bavier died hating Andy Griffith, basically. Oh. Um, 
and she 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 wasn't she wasn't very like popular on the set she was also an open lesbian um yeah so francis bavier uh and as we pointed out probably the best actor on the show but i'm sure at this point she's getting sick of all the bullshit she has to do her character has been diminished to nothing and so i just i cannot help but notice maybe there is some underlying meaning to the writers giving Aunt, giving Francis Bavier an episode where Aunt B realizes she's not a good actor and quits. I oh. cannot help but wonder if maybe they were dropping a giant hint to Francis Bavier that she was deliberately ignoring. Or just a- I am just theorizing this a fuck you episode i don't i don't have a lot to back it up but maybe Ooh, that's yikes it's it's an entire episode about how her character needs to get over herself and lower her expectations about how she should be treated by the people around her and stay in her fucking lane yes and yet yes. she still killed that show. Yeah. She still did it, and though. She, and she but, still destroys it. Like, it's still, it's still 100% it. her episode. But damn, that's really fucked up if, that's, that, if that was, like, a, uh, the intention. That one tracks. That one works. Mm. Yeah, All I'm right. on board All with right. that one. Um, maybe, maybe. Um, I just want to ha- bring it, up one thing that did drive me insane. In terms of, like, talking about stuff that masters should or should not have done. Why did they not do like an audition or a screen test with Aunt B before giving her the part? Why did they not do literally like like have her run lines? Like then they could have decided that they didn't like her for the part prior to it going into the fucking newspaper that she was yeah. playing the role. Yeah, like, I, I I don't understand the timeline here. Do they have like a week to open or what? Like what? Why? What is happening here? That's it's not fully clear. Also, this is one of my favorite kind of Andy Griffith bits where Andy himself is basically useless in his own show. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do dick in his own show. Andy's plan to resolve this situation is basically emo. You know, is emotional abuse. Aunt B. Yes, I feel like her revelation kind of comes from herself more than Andy's manipulation. I feel like she actually kind of like sort of ignores his bullshit and kind of arrives at, uh, at the conclusion she does in a healthy way of just like being happy for her friend. I feel like Andy's uh, horrible, evil plan doesn't really work. And instead she's just like, my friend's better at this than me and she's very happy doing it and I'm going to give it to her. I feel like that's kind of the night. That's the part of this episode that made me like, you know, like feel something was like, Oh, she's good. The emotional, the emotional climax of the episode is aunt B kind of swallowing her pride and saying, you know what? I think Clara's a better actress than I am. And like, you can tell on Francis Bavier's face that it pains her. I don't know if it pains aunt B to say it or if it pains aunt Francis Bavier to say it. But, uh, like, the pain is on the face, but it gets said. Um, yeah. It's good. She's good. Is that, is that, is that good for ratings? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, uh, Sarah, you got anything? Right. Anything, any stray thoughts you want to, before we, before we rate this sucker? Before we rate it? Oh, yeah. Um, well, we're going to rate the uh, hell out of it. I'm excited. Um, well, I mean, 
it, it, I did. I felt so much at that moment, but I think you're right. It was a healthy conclusion that she came to on her own. It wasn't like she was like, yeah, that she gave into to Andy at that moment. But oh, it, you know, she, she she did it for the integrity of the show. I think so. That was. <laughs> Uh, but all right. still sad though I wanted her to sad. Yeah, anyways, yeah, sad. to me the conclusion of the episode could have been she gets better at acting like <laughs> and and has and does the part and has a great time I wanted that I wanted her to be I there, wanted her to do it there's no there reason are it couldn't a, have been that like they could have there done are to make her a better actor that would have been fun <laughs> There are ostensibly acting coaches beyond masters in town because Barney keeps saying that he's been to one. Like yeah. voice coaches and shit. Like Barney keeps talking about it. Uh, yeah. Or I don't know. My God. Don Knotts is just sitting right there. He doesn't get to do any of his trademark shit. Give us a scene where where Barney tries to make to make Aunt be a better actress. Mm. That would be funny. Let them rehearse together. Don Knotts and Francis Bavier are both funny people, but they never get to be funny together. Mm. It would be nice if, like, as Don's on his way out, he gets to be like, hey, Francis, you want to do a bit? Yeah, fucking bullshit. Oh All right, so, <laughs> Let's so Sierra. Let's jump to the ratings. So, Sierra, ratings. Right, yeah. so, the, so the way that we rate these episodes, we have two okay. scales. We have the Andy meter and the Barney meter. The Andy meter is scale of 1 to 10, 10 being the highest. How much did you enjoy this piece of work how much did you enjoy it as a half hour of television and the barney meter is how much psychic damage did this do on america how morally Ooh. reprehensible did you uh, find it how, how 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 much did this break granddad's brain yeah uh, and i am gonna go last on the on the barney meter because i have notes <laughs> okay uh, uh so let's start with the andy meter uh okay. Uh, so scale of one to ten, uh, one to ten, Andy's Sierra. How much did you enjoy this as as a piece of television, as like a half hour? Okay, as a piece of television. Okay, so I really enjoyed Miss B. She's my she was my favorite. Um, as a whole, I mean, okay, so I'm detracting from the play. So I think I have to say it's like a four and a half. Four and mm-hmm. a half. Well, no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. Okay, I'll, I'll say yeah, it as a piece. Yeah. I mean, four and a half, five. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll give it a five because I like on B, and I, I, I audibly chuckled. Five. Okay, I'll say five and a half in total. Five and a half for on B. <laughs> keep, You're talking yourself I gotta, up. I am. Sarah keeps talking themselves up. <laughs> because because I really enjoy on B, and she was carrying me through this. So I I, I will say five and a half. Just for Aunt B and, I, I am and the going, silliness of making a show. Yes, I'm going six for for Francis Bavier alone. That's it. Okay, Francis Bavier, yes. and and I'm I'm gonna give an extra half a point because I like Ron Howard in that little in that fake in that brownie scene. Like, yeah, so yeah. I'm I'm giving it a six. Honestly, it was it was pretty cute. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a it's six. Cute. Yeah, like okay, a uh, couple of, couple of chuckles. I I think um, Francis Bavier is really good, and those opening uh, two scenes, like the fun Latin and uh, the tongue twister bits, are really fun. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. that was fun. It was cute. It's cute. Wasn't like hilarious, yeah. but like it was it was nice. I chuckled. Yeah. yeah, it was wholesome for some time. Yeah. For some parts. For some parts. And All then right. let's get to the less wholesome <laughs> Barney parts. Meaty. Barney oh Meter. Uh, Sierra, do you want to go first? How morally yeah, reprehensible was this? 
Eight. Yeah. <laughs> eight. Boom. Absolutely. Right out eight of eight. You're going with an yeah. eight. Right, right out of the Nine? gate. Yeah. Normally, normally our guests agonize about this uh, a little bit more, but you got like you no, had to it. it. Yes, no, I'm upset at the way that they, that these actors were treated. The story was told horribly, falsely, and just like just poorly for uh, no real uh, audience that would care about anything. Um, and yeah, it was just character character development shit. It was just terrible. It's bad for people to watch. Any if we did anything less than a seven, we would be run out of town. <laughs> like yeah. we could never show our faces again. Like, but I bet the show has done worse. I, I, I'm leaving room for like other like, yes. In terms, in terms of racism, I think this is the high water mark. I think Ooh, I okay. I might be misremembering, but I don't think they've done I, genocide I, 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 apology I, before. I think that's a new <laughs> one. Yeah. That, that's definitely new. Yeah, that's yeah. Def- that's definitely, that's definitely a, a new one. Yeah, that, that hasn't happened. Oh, yet. God. They haven't done. Uh, they haven't. Uh, I'm gonna have to say nine of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just because they haven't uh, done the Sesame Street version of ethnic cleansing. So, um, oh, uh, so that's what this is. Yeah. So, 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 so Dan, what, what number are you putting it at? Um, I, I'm gonna. You know, I'm gonna put it at an eight. I'm gonna follow. I'm gonna follow the lead. That feels right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Eight, all right. Yeah. For sure. I'm. I'm going with a nine, mm-hmm. maybe even a nine point five. And I know that I beat this drum a lot, but I'm gonna tell you right now, right? I can trace at least at least three key tenets of modern day American like conservative. Number one, if you are a thing. And I perceive you as that thing. You can never be anything else. Do not try to be a different thing. And we talk about this on the show before, right? Like with how they treat criminals from crime Island. Uh, If I perceive you as criminal, uh, you can only be ever be criminal. If I perceive you as like caregiver woman in kitchen, you can never, ever be anything else. Uh, If I perceive you as boy, you will always be a boy. You can never be anything like like that idea that a person can only ever be one thing. And that's going to be how they are forever is a key tenant right now. So that is number one. Number two is a continuation of number one, which is and that goes double for women. Mm -hmm. So that's that's number two. And then the number three, like key like component of modern day American conservatism that I can trace directly to this episode is white people have never done anything wrong ever. And we have nothing to apologize for. And even if we did do something wrong, that was then, and everyone is cool with it. And uh, also they were cool with it too. And in fact, we asked our native friend and they said they were cool with Barney wearing the headdress (laughs) and you're the real racist actually. Yeah. Yeah, I asked, I asked my one my one friend. <laughs> he was cool. I asked yeah. my friend who was uh 116th Native American if this was cool and he was like it's chill as hell. You can totally yeah. do this, bro. Like go all, for all, it. All the all the native friends we have who are just off screen <laughs> laughing at yeah, this whole they're, thing. they're just not here right now. They're not here, <laughs> yeah. but I swear they, they exist. I swear. I swear. Yeah. So so a key that, context I'm, is in every scene there is a group of indigenous peoples just off screen, just like nodding and giving a thumbs up, just loving it. Yeah, always, always. Uh, so, so uh, adding adding to the list of things that you should remember are happening off screen and every episode of the Andy Griffith Show. Number one, remember that there is a line of young men just lining up to go to Vietnam. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Just remember that's always happening just off screen. And yeah, a, a group of Native Americans just approving of things. <laughs> yes. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> they are they are happening. Uh, actually, it's prob- it's actually probably a group. Given the time, it's probably a group of old Italian men pretending to be Native Americans. <laughs> <laughs> that's probably what it is. They got uh, David Carradine pretending to be Native American just off screen. No. What's what that guy's name? His name was like Eagle Eyes Cody, and he was like from sicily and they put him in they put him in tons of westerns and like he was the crying native in that like no pollution commercial like ah man ridiculous ridiculous shit uh so yeah for that reason i have to go with like a 9.5 might even put it at 10 uh sierra for our listeners where can they find you and what you're working on and uh where can they come pay money to see you act oh yes please come pay money to see me do things on stage uh this summer you can catch me in delaware doing um we're doing macbeth at delaware shakespeare in rockwood park uh yeah come see me play lady macbeth that'd be kind of hell yeah. oh dope you're playing lady macbeth yep can, That's me. I, I know i made you do a soliloquy already but can we get a teaser uh you gotta pay money no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. Um, no, um, we haven't started rehearsals yet, so we're okay. starting uh, I won't do next that to week. You. So. I won't do that yeah. to you. Oh, okay. You're going to do the hell out of the hand-washing scene. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's, that's what I was hoping for. I was hoping for an out-damned spot. Um, yeah, yeah, you, you know what it is. Yeah. yeah you know, we're a cultured mm-hmm. fucking podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, any anything yeah, else? Come see you in Delaware. Uh, any websites or anything to plug? Oh, um, I don't have any websites yet. I will still be working on that, but um, check out my Instagram. It is always.sierra, uh, Sierra spelled C-I-E-R-A. I'm sure you can post a, a link to it. I'll send it to you. Um, yeah. Hell yeah. That's just awesome. my Instagram. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Don't look for us on social media because we don't do it anymore. Elon ruined everything. Uh, 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 I I guess somebody some, send us an invitation to Blue Sky if you have one. That would be cool. Probably. I don't know. Is that we're what gonna we're doing? Set up, we're going to set up our own Mastodon server. Yes. Uh, that's, that's I think, the plan. No, uh, Facebook Facebook group, uh, Breaking Mayberry fans. Uh, email us, breakingmayberry at gmail.com. Send us some you know nice little notes. And... Uh, Oh yeah, support us with your money dollars. Patreon.com slash Breaking Mayberry. We're doing new stuff over there. We just released our very first DVD commentary. Uh, Dan and I gave an entire commentary track for the 1995 Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Uh, in which I go to bat for it. Yeah, we kind of end up I, doing an impassioned defense I, for the Power Rangers I movie. Def- I defend the artistic quality of two thirds of the of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, <laughs> and I accidentally kind of do a crime at the end. Um, it's great, yeah, it's great. So if you want to hear us talk about that, or check a look at some of our other bonus episodes, or all sorts of the other cool stuff, including the fun stuff we're doing with people on Discord, uh, support us with your money dollars eight dollars a month on Patreon.com/slash Breaking Mayberry. Uh, that is it for us, I think. Sierra, thank you again for being here. This is fantastic. Sorry. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been so much fun. Are you ever going to watch another episode of the Andy Griffith Show ever again? I don't, you know, it's kind of hard now after I started with this one. So I'm kind of a little deterred, but I think I will. I, I will. I'll, I'll check him out. The answer is um, no. <laughs> I mean, what are you prob- talking yeah, prob- about? Yeah, no. I mean, they're the first guests. Uh, 
that said that they're going to watch the Andy Griffith show. Let's savor this weird miracle. I mean, like, if if it was, like, y'all doing another podcast and it was, like, and it was worth it, but would I go on my own accord? Probably not. Yeah. Not after this. Not after, not after this experience. No, you have after no obligation to do that. Okay. All right. Then I probably won't. <laughs> but 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 you can listen to 120 episodes of us doing this for you. Uh, right. And, yeah. and this and is so a lot can, better. And so can everybody else. Thank you all for joining us. As always, we will see you all down at the fishing hole. Bum 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 b